The governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a hawkeye. Two feeble minds, their plot discussion. Bye to Rosedale. One's pig full of hot takes. It's a gloomy Monday in Hawkeye land. Eric, how are you? I'm good, man. You came in so sad. This bums me out that you're so sad. Well, is the, is that the temperature in Iowa? Is everybody just ho hum? This this is what we deserve. How's everybody in Iowa feeling? Uh, I mean, nobody else in my house cares, uh, and I don't I don't socialize with too many people, so I I don't know. It, it probably is pretty somber, but you know, I, I early on in the year. I suggested it was maybe a little too early to start counting chickens. There were a lot of eggs that didn't hatch. I used the metaphor of the uh, the 2017 Minnesota Vikings, three that started off like 5-0 and before they failed to make the playoffs. So there's, there's some signs of trouble in Yeah, in but dude, they were number two in the country. Like, I understand you're always going to try to hedge – I think this is the Iowa way. This is the Iowa way because my mother-in-law texted me and she said something like, this is why we don't get too excited about the Hawkeyes. Because, like, as as a Gopher fan, we just expect our team to be bad. The Vikings, I think we're kind of more like the Hawkeyes. Like, we, we want our team to be good, but we're just bracing for a heartbreak. And that's what it kind of feels like, like with Iowa, you know. Everybody was, I think, more nervous the higher they, the higher the rank was in the polls, and as soon as they got to number two, it was just like, oh, oh shit, this is the, this is all gonna collapse, and it did, which is a bummer. Is that, I mean, it was everybody had been saying, hey, I was gonna be exposed, can't wait for them to be exposed, just a bunch of frauds, and largely it was because of Iowa's putrid offense. But more than anything, the thing I think I, I'm most annoyed with is that. I didn't put a reverse mortgage out on my house and put the money on Purdue, who's given like 12 points. And Iowa has not covered a beaten Purdue by double digits since Jeff Brom's been there. It's like, what a. I could have shaved a year. I could have had an extra year or two of retirement. Yeah, easily. but Purdue's not that good. I mean, other than David Bell just like literally owning the Hawkeyes, like, does he. He, he must have property in the state of Iowa now, right? He owns part of Kinnick Field. Like, they'll. They'll section that off, and it's his. He owns. Uh, he has he owned your team. Phil Parker and well, it's it's not just David Bell. It's Jeff Brom as well. Jeff Brom's four and one, four and one. But against Kirk. You watch that game. Who is the better team on the field? Like Purdue. You, uh, clearly, I mean, it was crazy. You're watching that game. And it's like, how is Iowa ranked number two? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. This is one of those ones where there's there's nowhere to go. It was. They had sore. They were Icarus. They'd fly a bit too close to the sun. Wings melted. And they came crashing, crashing down. Uh, it was infuriating because Iowa just doesn't ever change anything. Jeff Brom was basically like shocked in the post-game presser because they kept singling David Bell. They, they at no point weren't going to double him. They weren't going to press him at the line and put a safety over the top. Is that Moss, though, his absence? Does he... Maybe Moss does better. Maybe. He didn't do better last well, year or the year you before. You couldn't have done worse. Uh, didn't Bell have, what, two, 230, 240? 240, uh, 11 or 12 catches, a touchdown. 
He was shredding Matt Hankins, who grades out really, really high, but I would just kept doing single coverage in their stupid zone, and they just stubbornly refused to change anything. They couldn't get pressure. That was another problem. Defense Are you won. mad now? Are you getting mad? This is I want to I want to get some emotion out of you because I'm you, mad, but not. Where are you directing this at? Oh, the offense by far. The offense was shitty in the beginning of the year. The turnovers. It was never like if you were an optimist, you were saying, well, they just didn't need to do much with the offense. It was like they they could do better, but they're just choosing to be shitty because they just didn't have to. So they're like packing it in is okay. They had, the offense has had precisely one genuinely good game that was against Maryland. Otherwise, the offense has been terrible. They're not even one of the 100 best offenses in college football. They are really among the dregs at the position. And as bad as the defense played, it gave up 24 points. Iowa was down 10 points late in the third quarter. But with this offense, it's well, and all it the turnovers hopeless. too. I mean, Petra's throwing four picks. Well, that that was they were already 17 points down, and he was pressing at that point. But it, it feels hopeless when this offense is down 10 points. And they got the ball, Eric, twice starting drives inside Purdue's red zone. Even down 17, there were two excellent a kickoff return um, and no and points, conference. right? Nothing, not a yeah. single point because the offense can't do anything. The red zone is especially egregious. Once they get to the red zone, it's like Brian Grant does not know what the fuck to do. They cannot call, uh, you know, can't run. They just don't have enough strength on the line to run. His play calls are terrible. Beatrice almost threw a horrible pick six early on because they tried another stupid wide receiver screen that was snuffed out because people watch the film and they know the 10 plays Iowa can run. So I was watching the game with my wife and she was, she, it was right before, before Purdue scored their last touchdown. So the game was still kind of, it was like a 10 point game at that point, I think in this, in this, in the third quarter. And my wife's like, why don't they run the play that they ran against Penn state? And they did. And Purdue snuffed it right out. I think they sacked him. He did the little bootleg, uh, you know, a play action and just sacked Petrus right down. Yeah. That was where any hope, died right like yeah. i got the insanely lucky break of the guy throwing the ball in the pylon making it be a touchback right oh so yes, that, that was a huge break and this was right after that they're like they got to take a shot did you agree a- with that call I, I thought that was the right call no the he threw it. it yeah yeah that's the rule he he, he threw it a you know a half yard well six inches or whatever it was and hit the pylon no that was a correct call i mean they overturned it that's not what they called on the field they got it correct it was just dumb luck for us the dump the luckiest call one of the luckiest calls and it was at the right time of the game too for them to but but the offense it didn't it didn't matter yeah the first play was an eight yard loss it was a bootleg yes they had seen like there there are very few plays that iowa runs and has any confidence in they have no identity there's no play why is that like there's no creativity or any it's the same bland Run left, run light, right, well, short pass. Like, what is that? Here's, here's the thing, Eric. Brian Ferentz doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't so know what he's doing. It's all his fault. Well, or his dad, if you want to, if you want to split the blame. Um, I mean, what what way wouldn't it be one of their faults? If it's if the players aren't very good, whose job it is it to recruit and develop good players? It's that's like, not the players. They got players. Let me speculate uh, on what I think it is. Okay, I think so it's not Ferentz. No, no. I think Ference, he, he, uh, because of the stuff about the injury, 
with Penn State, the fake injury stuff, the gods were angry, and they were getting back at him. The fo- he he the football gods um, were taking it out on your team because of the fake injury thing. You just said he had there was no creativity and they had like no clue what they're doing, but it's not the offensive coordinator's fault. No, okay. no, it's all because Ferentz tried to say that the Penn State guys were faking injuries. Well, that was that was a nutso story. I, I honestly don't ever I don't get it. I maybe one Penn State guy was overplaying. But I anyway, I'm going to go back to actually something not this nonsense. He, Brian Burns doesn't know what he's doing. That that's the honest to god truth. I mean, Iowa's offense has been terrible. They've been they're not even mediocre. Average isn't even one. And I'm I, I wrote about this. I'm going to say it again. I God I hate the phrase complimentary football. It is just a polite way of saying your offense sucks and can't do anything unless it's set up by the special teams and, and defense. It's such a weird strategy. It's we're going to, cause we know we have a good defense. We're going to make sure that worst case scenario, we just have a, you know, we're just trading field position. Like why would you structure your team that way? I don't even understand it. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't make sense to anybody. It's like you want to score points to win the game. Your your defense is there to prevent them from scoring. It's not there to to work your field position game. So maybe eventually you can get in the end zone, or maybe eventually your defense will score a touchdown. That's that's just an ass backwards way to structure your team. It's crazy. It it is. I'm glad that you're realizing this. Uh, This is one of the biggest frustrations we in Hawkland have had for a very very long time. It doesn't make sense. You protect your defense by scoring a lot of points. You know what What would be great for Iowa's defense? If Iowa could consistently score 30 points, that would be so awesome. That would really protect Iowa's defense. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. You can have an offense and have a shutdown defense. Georgia has a very good offense. Like, they might not – they're not Ohio State-level offense, but they have a great defense and a very good offense. It's why they're so dominant. They have competent play on the offensive side of the ball. They don't just think, ah, we don't want to screw this up. The the worst example that didn't make any difference in the outcome of the game, but it was embarrassing and infuriating and objectively stupid. The end of the half, Iowa's got the ball on their own 45. Petrus, by all accounts, has a has a cannon. He can get the ball in the end zone. There's three seconds left. Uh, and they kneel. Yeah. Rather than just chuck it into the end zone, yeah. he has him take a knee. That is the announcers game. even jumped on that too. I remember they're like, "What? What are you doing? Why not take a shot?" There's like zero uh, risk. Whatever the risk, the only possible bad thing that could happen that would matter at all is they return it for a touchdown, and that almost never happens. I mean, it's I, I'm sure that there it's happened at least once where somebody threw a hail mary and then that got returned, but that almost never happens. And even the one in a thousand chance that you get the touchdown. It's basically it's an extremely low risk, high reward. Even though it's a complete long shot, just taking a knee was objectively stupid and infuriating and embarrassing. And it's a really, really good indicative about how Ferentz feels about offense. And and I, I guess if you wanted to deflect the blame and say it's his dad's fault and he, you know, Brian is, you know, stuck with Kirk's complimentary football. I I hate offense and don't want them to actually try to score as many points as possible because what if they throw turnovers? If if you want to say it's Kirk's fault, it's fine. But the what he should have done instead of hiring Brian Ferentz, what he should do is say, look, I hate offense. 
if I had my way, there'd be no offensive playing football and it'd be disruptive. <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, why care about football? Uh, whatever. Keep going. I, well, that's what I, I don't get. It. It's like he he objectively seems to think scoring points is like it's too flashy and self-aggrandizing. And it's, it's, it's not the not, Iowa way. It's not. It's just <laughs> what kind of jerk scores points in a sports right. game? It's pathetic. And, and but it's not about you, man. It's about teamwork. The and, forward pass ruined football. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he probably thinks that. Um, that's certainly what it feels like all the time. What he would have done instead of hiring his son, who was not qualified, who got the job because he was nepotism alert, uh, objectively true. What he would have done is fire somebody, find, find somebody with modern sensibilities who has a passion for offense, who likes scoring points, and would just say, "Look, I don't get offense. I don't like it." But, hey, if you can get me a mediocre offense, I'll step away, get out of your way. You make the choices. Uh, I'll support you. And if you can get me, like, a, you know, mid-level offense, cool. We're going to consistently win the Big Ten West. But he doesn't do that. And instead, they have a line that's completely overwhelmed. There's no play calling to adjust to that. Petrus is really ill-suited to for whatever Brian's trying to do. I don't I don't, I don't, don't even know. Goodson's being wasted. Um I mean, he just has dudes in his face behind the line of scrimmage far too often. They had one really good drive where they ran the ball really, really well. It was the one time I've seen this offensive line, like, really exert their will against the opponent. It's really nice. It just happened the one time. Petrus isn't seeing the field very well, doesn't handle the pressure, and he's trying his best. He's, like, last week against Penn State, he was trying to scramble. He's taking shots from a really athletic defense. But scrambling isn't his game. Improvisation is not his game. And if if he doesn't see the play right away, then it, he just doesn't have any confidence to throw the ball, doesn't know where to go. And it is the offensive coordinator's job to prepare him, and he doesn't seem prepared for anything, and they seem I, to not do it just. I love this. I love you being fired up and angry about your Hawkeyes. But I think the devil's advocate would say, you know, your team's still ranked 11th in the country. They, yes, there was a terrible loss, but you still have a chance to win out and be in the Big Ten title game. And so, yeah, you know, that's what Ferentz would say. He's like, okay, we, it was a bad loss, but you know, we're still in the hunt. We could still win out, win the Big Ten, and possibly get back in the playoff. Like, not long. Yeah, if, if they finish ten and two and go to the Big Ten title game, we'll just look at this as typical. Ferentz just does not know how to game plan for Jeff Brom. I mean, I'm not worried about Iowa's defense because what Penn State or Purdue did. I don't. There's no team left on the schedule that can replicate it. You know, love your your Gophers, huh. but they don't have a David oh, Bell. Oh, oh, we'll we'll get to that. They do have a guy named Bell who's just about as good. But we'll get to my Gophers, who, by the way, I don't know if you're you remember this. They beat Purdue. I know. Oh, yeah, they 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 pulled. The, I don't Keep know how they stopped I, I want to hear David more of Bell. This. Uh, there's nobody that has a quarterback and a well a coach that knows how to exploit Kirk's offense or defense. Uh, as well as Jeff Brom does. There's Ottman Bell is not David Bell. I appreciate your your you know plucky uh, can do yeah. attitude, but uh, it, David uh, Bell. Healthy Ottman Bell makes a big old difference. But yeah, sorry, keep going. We're on your Hawkeyes. I want to uh, hear. You were saying Ottman Bell is as good as David Bell. Okay, that's going to be a. a I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. He, he's pretty I, good though. He's fine. He's decent. He's good. He's above David Bell is I think on another level. Um, certainly against Iowa, he is at any rate. But uh, the the offense, I, I don't have any confidence that Iowa's offense can even get 300 yards. 
I think they broke 300 yards three times out of, uh, what is it now? We've had seven games. Uh, but they didn't need to until this game, and this game they really needed it. But they're going to need to. I mean, they held Purdue to 24 points, but it was hopeless. The offense couldn't even muster up, even if they make the field goal, talking 10 points, and that's not enough. <clears throat> they couldn't get anything going whatsoever offensively. And I was not going to be able to rely on four turnovers a game. It's not sustainable. You can get as mad at an That was really the difference. I mean, it, if you really think about this. Their offense didn't play great against Penn State. It wasn't like they lit it up there. They just had timely turnovers and a couple big plays. And they eked out just enough, and they had one good play. And that's the one thing Brian Ferentz seemed to have is every game or two, one really great call up his sleeve that he, that he's got. You know, is he just really bad? Like, does he just really not know what he's doing? Or that's is he just much- riding his dad's coattails and nobody's, like, complaining about it? There's got to be in the – in the organization, there's got to be other coaches there. Like, this guy does not know who, what he's doing. Who is going to tell Kirk that his son doesn't know what he's doing as offensive Yeah, player? let's let Kirk Ferentz get away with whatever he wants, I guess, apparently. He, that, that's know. a – Gary Barta is the athletic director. Gary Barta is despised by Hawkeyes galore. There's very few – Gary Barta has almost no supporters in the Hawkeye faithful. Uh, but Gary Barta is absolutely not going to hold Kirk Ferentz accountable and doesn't care and isn't going to say, man, he's not getting it done. He's not going to pressure Kirk to say he let him hire him in the first place when he had no experience as an offensive coordinator. There's no way he's going to say Brian's not getting it done. And as you say, I mean, if Iowa finishes 10-2, and two, and even if he finishes 9-3 and go to the Outback Bowl, uh, well, but golly gee whiz, that's a, good, that's a good season, never minding the fact that with even a halfway decent offense, Iowa would go to the Big Ten title. It won't matter. Nobody's going to hold him accountable. Phil Parker but is not he, is Brian Ferris, to... some, if someone questions him, he's like, I'll go tell my dad. Is that is that literally how it is? Who's going to question him? What other coach? I mean, on the coaching staff, it, the, the pecking order would go Kirk Ferentz and then Phil Parker and Brian Ferentz. The only person who might have enough clout to call out Brian Ferentz is Phil Parker. Maybe. Maybe Phil Parker would say, your son is absolutely yeah. – He's also the son of a former coach, right? It, isn't he? Phil Parker, I probably, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know his background. But I guarantee you Phil Parker's not going to say, wow, your son really sucks at his job. And he's costing you and your legacy. That's not what's happening. That's not. That's the only coach. There's not going to be the special teams coach. There's not going to be a line coordinator or position group who's going to go over Brian's head to Kirk and say your son sucks and he's ruining these. That's not going to happen. That's beyond delusional. Oh, he's not Norm Parker's kid? No, no, they're no relation. Oh, okay. All right. No, he's not. I can tell you yeah, he's not Norm Parker's son. They just happen okay. to have the same last name. He and may be the son of the coach. Yeah, and, and Kirk Ferentz doesn't fire. I mean, he's had three offensive coordinators and two defensive coordinators. Even if Brian Ferentz was, somebody, was not his son, I don't know how bad it would have to get before Kirk would fire him. He just doesn't do it. Uh, Greg Day. Greg Davis was terrible, and he was a coordinator for however many years. He was like a placeholder until Brian got quote unquote but enough. Doesn't Kirk Ferris take some blame here? He just it's 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 got to be lot. his offense too. It's his kid. No, it's it, it's awful. It's, it's said he. I mean, if you wanted to try to defend Brian Ferris, this is what I would do. If you're doing devil's advocate, he's hamstrung by needing to run his dad's zone running scheme because Kirk won't let. He's married to it, and he won't let anybody not do the running scheme. 
Um, and Kirk's general ideas about offense, which is that all it does is screw you over by getting turnovers. And boy, we don't want to do it. Boy, howdy, we don't want to do anything risky. We want to compliment, quote unquote, our offense, which means have a dog shit offense, but we'll try to set them up and create the, like the least amount of work and stress for our offense as possible because we can't count on them to do anything on their own, basically is what that means. So it's fine. That would be my defense. That's probably the best thing you could say about Brian is that maybe he has brilliant ideas and he wants to revamp the offense and make it better and add RPOs or spread concepts and say this running scheme is antiquated. Everybody knows how to stop it, and it doesn't work unless we have five really great offensive linemen who are working in sync, which happens very rarely, even at Iowa, where you have five really good offensive linemen. Usually there's somebody there who's not going to be great. It's going to happen. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's the case for Brian, but he's like, well, if Kirk's like, hey, you know, I'm getting you this job. You're making almost a million dollars a year. You're going to run the offense I tell you to. Um, and then, you know, you shut your mouth. You get to be head coach when I'm when I retire. That, that would be the best possible defense of Brian. But absolutely, Kirk bears a ton of blame for how bad Iowa's offense is and has been. Again, if his goal were to maximize wins, he would just stay away. He would hire somebody who could just do the job well, well enough to be decent, mediocre. That's what he would do. But there's no evidence that Iowa's offense has been any good other than the Maryland game. And really, most of Iowa's really productive offense came off of turnovers and then in the second half when the game was well decided. Um, but that was the one game where they broke 400 yards. I mean, I was only broke 400 yards once. Only broke 350 once. My Golden Gophers are licking our chops. It, every them. game I was going to play is going to be a disgusting, low-scoring game uh, it, it, here on out. I, I have no faith in Iowa being able to get 300 yards. I, I'm confident the defense will revert back to form. I said I, I think Purdue game is more of an outlier. Iowa just couldn't get stops. They the couldn't. Defense was bad. It was. It was their worst game. By far, they couldn't get third down stops at all. No pressure, just, really, either. No, not not without not without blitzing. Yep, not without blitzing. And when they blitzed, he'd get rid of the and. And that O'Connell guy threw for like 350, didn't he? 370. Yeah, 21 for 26. And yeah. and the rare times they got pressure, he would do this thing. It would just drive me batty. Like there'd be a guy coming at him to to hit him. He'd throw the ball up, and I'm like, oh, there's no way that's going to be a completion. And then you'd see David Bell like breaking. And the ball would be thrown into the open space, ready for David Bell once he became open because he knew exactly what Iowa's coverage was going to be. Iowa's coverage was not tricky at all. At no point did he not know exactly where every one of Iowa's defenders was going to be. And he wasn't pressured. Um, There was a little bit – got a little bit better towards the end. And Iowa had some dumb penalties that were kind of iffy in the second half, which maybe would have made it look less shitty. But even then, as bad as we're talking about the Iowa's defense, they gave up 24 points. That's, that was Iowa being bad. Well, with an absolute gift of uh, a touchdown, it, that should have been another touchdown, but one of the flukiest plays I've ever seen resulted in the touchback. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Technically, that's true. Let's but, say 31 points if you like then. 31, fine. Even then, 31 points. not a great out, outing when you give up you know, 370 yards passing and I don't know how many rushing yards. This would have been by far the defense's worst outing, 31 points, and the idea – it's. I mean, they can't give up 31 points because that would that's insurmountable because their offense is so bad. Iowa has no hope of scoring 30 points in a game unless it comes from turnovers and extremely short fields. It's just it's hopeless. If you need Iowa to score four touchdown drives all long on the offense, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's a, a fool's hope. It's not going to work out. 
So that's fine. Point is like Iowa goes down ten points and it's it's about as hopeless of a feeling as there is. Like it's like Iowa cannot dig out of a ten point hole. They were down fourteen to seven against Colorado State and eked that game out. You know, a ten point game against Colorado State. You know, they didn't have to run offense, but they they couldn't move the ball against Iowa State. They didn't really move the ball against Indiana. The only team that moves the ball against was Maryland. And Maryland might be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. I mean, we're finding out that they're – I mean, we'll see how they do against your Gophers. But, I mean, they, they've got crushed by Iowa and crushed by Ohio State, so we'll see how good Maryland turns out to be. But Yeah, question for you. If we look at the Big Ten West standings, um, looks like there's three teams with one loss. So, if you know, if you sort of calculate it by the – Loss record, it's kind of tight. They're all tied for first place, right? Basically, I mean, yeah, you know, are you, set, are you setting up a, how awesome your Gophers? Some transition? teams have played more games, you know, like Iowa's played an extra conference game. But does that am I, am I seeing that correctly? That Minnesota and Iowa are tied for first place in the Big Ten West. Is that correct? Uh, very subtle, Eric. Very massive. Oh, no, I just want to make sure I have that right. I technically, that right. technically, no, they're not. Because Iowa's already played That's Iowa and has a half-game yeah. lead over the Gophers, if you want to be technical about it. Well, yeah. 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 Huh. And and Minnesota beat Purdue, right? Do I have That's that true. correct? That's and true. Iowa didn't. Huh. Yes. I, I, I love that the guy who was about ready to fire Flack after Bowling Green beat <laughs> Minnesota – He's now spitting fire. He was about ready to have at it, upset that Tanner Morgan shouldn't play another down for the Gophers. Not a single solid <laughs> And then he broke the school record. Um, yeah. No, no. We, we can keep talk, We keep ranting about your Hawkeyes. No, so it's fine. If, if, Ference, if he, Brian Ference is fired tomorrow, do people cheer in the streets? Is everybody happy? I mean, it'll, it'll like you said, I don't think it'll ever happen. Because he's his son. But if he wasn't his son, I think there'd be probably a lot of pressure for that, right? Or take um, over the play. Should should Brian or should Kirk Ferentz take over the play calling? You know, something like that, where to some sort of change. Because this is atrocious. Um, I mean, if Kirk were to take, I mean, if you were going to have somebody fill in, you probably have Ken O'Keefe fill in because he was the offensive coordinator for Iowa for the first stretch of I don't know decade or whatever of, of Ferentz's tenure. Yeah, let's bring uh, in some had, new blood, guys. <laughs> no, it should be new blood. I, I, don't, I don't want it to be Ken O'Keefe. I'm just saying if Brian Ferentz were fired tomorrow, I would bet on the like temporary fill-in being Ken O'Keefe for the rest of the year. I would hope he wouldn't be hired long-term. Wouldn't be Is a there good any choice. chatter in like the Iowa sports media that this should happen? Not, not the actual like legitimate media, no. No, like, those folks all have to like coddle up to, to Kirk for access so they can't be too harsh. They can't uh, say, look, Brian Ferentz, I don't know how it was, year four or five of Brian Ferentz's tenure. So the um, Potter Rosedale needs, we need some credentials to get in these well, conferences. Well, if we wanted to, yeah, but w- they wouldn't give us press passes for saying his son was only hired because <laughs> he's his son. Excuse me, Kirk. Uh, Potter Rosedale here. Um, question, are, are you planning on firing your son anytime soon? You don't think that would work? No. Do you think your son's responsible for your offense being utter trash? No. I, I, I mean, it'd be it, – yeah, if you asked him that question once, he wouldn't answer 
probably cancel the press conference and you wouldn't be allowed. You rewarded confidence from your son. I mean, he does, right? He got credit for like, yeah. he's the offensive coordinator for a 6-0 and Hawkeye squad. A winning streak of 12 games. He coordinated him good enough. Okay. And you know what, Eric? Phil Jackson and I, we combined to coach nine NBA title winning teams in the National Basketball Association. I complimented Phil Jackson's awesome coaching with my really stellar writing and ideas. Super complimentary. I contributed so much. It's awesome. I see what you did there. I see it. It's it's he, he doesn't the, the the bar is so low. By definition, they're just hoping that they get short fields and that they couldn't even do anything with the short fields this past Saturday. But yes, no, your Gophers. I mean, they're in the thick of it. I, I like that you're now all of a sudden you go from histrionics and being apoplectic to uh, all in, I mean, PJ should get an extension. Yeah. Um, you wanted him to I mean, go to USC. And now you're, T- la- you're Tanner like, Morgan is, you know, he's my guy, all-time great gopher quarterback. Yeah. I don't know Ottman what you're Bell talking about. I've always been. Ottman Bell. Yeah, Bell. who's Bell? Who's Dave Bell? Ottman Bell is a better receiver. For sure. Oh, by far. Yeah. No, it was an impressive performance against. Are we, so shifting well, gears. Yeah, let's shift gears. I, that's enough of me bitching uh, about Iowa's shitty offense. I mean, PJ has owned Nebraska. He's I love about, it. He's got some special sauce against uh, Scott Frost, but yeah, uh, offensively played great. Tanner Morgan started the game amazing at one point through 16 consecutive completions, breaking a school record. Um, and then I think he threw two picks, two straight picks after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he was really good. Ottman Bell is good. Uh, uh, Brown Stevens is good. Two two really uh, dynamic wide receivers, and I think that's a big difference. At least that's what PJ said. I think in his press conferences, having a healthy Ottman Bell and you know those those options downfield really helped Tanner Morgan. Um, sure. The safety at the end of the game was huge. Yeah, that was it was like Nebraska. What a bunch of dumb dumb dumbs. I. Like you were, what? You didn't think that was going to be called, Adrian? You're like a senior. What are you doing? I mean, I yeah. it was hilarious. Well, it's I, a grounding did it. hand zone. Yeah. Right, we're right. He threw it away, but he was in the pocket. It was like, who did you think you were fooling? Like it was a weird play call too when you're backed up like that. To I think they went the shotgun. It's just. Yeah, and he I, went backwards, right? He yeah. ran backwards right. and kept going backwards, and then, oh, shit, there's two guys in my face, and I can't get away, and I'm about to be sacked in the end zone, so I'm going to just throw it up and, I guess, yeah. hope it's not called. I guess that's the only logic. Is like, well, maybe they won't call it. Well, hopefully you get out of the pocket, I guess. It, he, he didn't, obviously. No, no, right, he, and he knew he couldn't. And, no, uh, I think they were scared of the gopher run defense, which, I mean, yeah, they were, they didn't want didn't to run the ball, couldn't run the ball, so – he did try to get a big play, and their best runner is Tanner Mor- or, um, Adrian Martinez anyway. So I guess give him the ball. But yeah, I don't know. They're, they're Nebraska. I just something else. Three and five. Your Gophers. Yeah, they're, well, they're in the at hearts. one point you said they were the second best team in the Big Ten West. Now Gophers beat, so they beat the second best team in the Big Ten West. Does that make the Gophers the second best team in the Big Ten West? I, I, yeah, I Are think you, we crossed them off too early. We, we said the Gophers were done after their loss to Bowling Green, but 
And Joe that Jeff Bryce Williams guy, so our third string running back, he looked really good too. Well, here's he, the thing, Eric. This is this is why offensive line is more important than running back. I don't know that how much even matters because the Gophers' offensive line is their nice holes yeah. for just all you have to do is be somewhat fast and not completely stupid, and you'll be able to get very nice gains. There were also a few really smart plays, too, when they brought in an extra lineman and then the tight end just kind of overloaded that side. I think that was the 50, like a 50-yard run on that play. But uh, some smart play. The PJ's got some smart play calling. Uh, you know, we just ranted about Brian Ferentz with there's no creativity. I like the Gophers mix it up. They, you know, they're now running that uh, uh, Wildcat a little bit. That Cole Kramer guy looks good. I, frankly, I don't know why he's not the starting quarterback, but. Um, you know, he's, he's run it more. I think he threw a touchdown actually though, on the, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I, mixing yeah. it up a lot. It, it's, I'd be, I'm, I'm very envious of the gopher. I'm, I'm envious of the gopher gopher offense. Cause they can at least run the ball. Well, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know that, I mean, you can build a statue for Tanner Morgan in your backyard if you want. If you think he's, he's arrived and, and, and he's the greatest ever. I think there's reason to be skeptical of the gophers passing game, but they can run the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Iowa can't do that. A little facetious. I don't think Tanner Morgan's the second coming of Tom Brady, but uh, it was his maybe his best game this season, despite the back-to-back interceptions and two. Well, yeah, passes. yeah, they reached a point where yeah, that, that it was clear. PJ's like, all right, all right, we're gonna quit while we're ahead. Yeah. Let's just rein it in. Yeah. We gave them a bunch of short fields, and that's the only thing's gonna keep them back. Were you at least a little bit worried towards the end when? Oh yeah, when yeah I was. Yes, when they he like when sliced they, down the field in like a minute. Yes, it took like no time whatsoever, and then they had a shot on the onside kick too. I, it, it looked like I mean it hit the gopher player and like there was was a chance they could make get the ball and. Yeah, that I mean, drive was scary. How quickly they ran down the field and scored. Yeah, it looked like they. I I just think I yeah, the gopher seemed like shell shocked. I think they just assumed that. Cornhuskers were going to give up or something, and then they're like, you look at like, oh man, that took almost like no time. Jeez. It's very fast. But that that's one of those games where it was a seven point gopher win or whatever, but it it didn't look that close because the gophers really seemed to dominate. Cornhuskers couldn't, it was like, they couldn't move the ball really except for on short fields from gopher mistakes. They couldn't, they couldn't sustain drives. And they contained Adrian Martinez. Oh, this is great. No, I mean, the gopher defense is there. The crap Bowling Green loss. If, if that didn't happen, you know, there are only losses to now number four, Ohio State. Like, I assume they're ranked. Purdue's ranked now, too, aren't they? 25, I think. I think yeah, so we'll see. I, Maryland, Maryland has not played well um, at all, especially in their Big Ten games. So I, yeah. I, I definitely think the Gophers win. I think they win big. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh you know, I'd like to see him put up a you know forty support forty plus scoring game and keep the defense going. Oh, so you think the Gophers are going to score forty points? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. That is yeah. a bold prediction. That's okay. I mean, I think the Gophers' offense is it's functional and they know what they want to do at least. Like they're a running team. Uh, Ahmed gonna... Bell and Brown Stevens are are that's a pretty dynamic duo. <laughs> okay. I it think is. they're fine. I think they're fine. I don't know. I'm just maybe chuckle I'm just gonna... here. Like, well, okay, we'll see when they play Iowa. I, okay, sure, that's fine. I'm, maybe I'm just thinking too much of Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, and comparing them to two dudes that seemed 
a lot scarier. I don't know. I, you know, and as bad as, as Iowa's deep played against Purdue, the one bad game they've had all season, it wasn't the running game wasn't the problem. It was Purdue being able to I don't know. If Tanner Morgan went twenty one for twenty six for three hundred and fifty yards, Eric, I'll just be impressed. He deserved to get a trip to Indy. Absolutely, if he can play that well, like hot damn. That would be super impressive. I guess I, I'm well, a little see. skeptical that he can do that, but who knows? I mean, it was, it was just, yeah. But definitely, the Gophers dominated. I'm, I'm glad that the, the Cornhuskers continue to be terrible. They they are now going to be struggling to even make a bowl game, which is always fun. I mean, they still have to play Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Purdue. So they, I mean, they have a daunting schedule coming up. And well, they've had some heartbreak heartbreaking losses, though. I think all of their losses have been with the pretty close games. So, you know, they're they're not a terrible team. Like I said, at one point you told me they were the second best Big Ten team. Well, if you care about advanced metrics, which you don't, um, those they get a lot of credit for playing really good teams closely and just barely losing. And some of them, like from a stats perspective, you'd say they should have won. Yeah, um, Oklahoma, they, they maybe you should have won that game. Michigan State should have won that game. Michigan, same thing. Gophers was probably their, you know, worst loss. That was their worst showing. Right, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was their, their worst showing was that game. And then the Illinois game, which is baffling, and that that was again them just dumb Cornhusker mistakes because that yeah. Illinois team is pretty pretty bad. So yeah, I mean I still think they're really talented. I, I'm not. I mean at this point I, I don't I don't look at any, anybody on Iowa schedule and think man Iowa should run away with it. I mean Iowa was 12 point favorites over Purdue, so I, there's there's a lot of excellent defenses coming up. The Gophers nice. I don't think would have any problem shutting down Iowa's future running game. Everybody's shut down Iowa's running game. Pretty much everybody. Well, offense in general. I mean, yeah. Right. Well, at, at least against some teams, they've gotten a little bit of juice from the passing game. But I, you know, I, I, it's like, can Iowa score twenty points? That seems that seems wildly optimistic against any against the Gophers, against Northwestern, against Wisconsin. The only team I think, oh man, Iowa can get twenty points on might be Illinois. Like, okay, yeah, they're pretty bereft of talent, so maybe Iowa can light it up with. 24 points, ooh, 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 maybe. But it's just like the basics of offense is just, just escapes Iowa. It's just there's a lot of. I know defense. you didn't want to you didn't want to talk about it much, but I did about the booing the injured players thing. I, I did want to get your read on that. Where, no, where it was I, I didn't get it at the time. I, at the time, I was like, why are we booing? Do we really think they're faking injuries? I didn't get it. I didn't see that uh, from my vantage point. Did you see the, the the coach too? That there was an Iowa they, coach. Yeah, that, I mean, like, it's faked, clearly he was like, mocked it and jumped down and pretended he was hurt too. So he they got the coaching staff got into it. And then Ferentz basically uh, confirmed what the fans were doing. That they're smart. They know what they're doing. They see yeah, what's happening. Was, it was all baffling to me. I, I I mean, there's some animosity behind the scenes with Kirk saying that. That's like a thing he would normally not ever say. Because he absolutely fanned the flames. Like, it was going to die out if he had said, no, I don't think they were faking it. I mean, I think fans were just annoyed, but I think they were actually injured. It would have died out, but he's like, they smell the rat, and then it kept going. I mean, they were talking about it, like, last Thursday and Friday. Should've well, the well- Penn State coach went off, too. He was furious. And I no. think he was being a little sanctimonious, like, I'm trying to save college football or whatever, saying that booing injured players is 
somehow damaging the whole sport, which I, I guess you could kind of make the argument. He, I think, like I said, I think he was being a little sanctimonious, but he was furious about the suggestion that they were faking in injuries because there yeah, was I, one I, guy. Wasn't one guy actually hurt? Didn't he? There was one player who was out for the season that would, the fans were booing him while he was correct. laying there, literally hurt. I, I saw all the guy, the, all the guys I saw left the field and didn't come back. Like by far, most of them were actually injured. Uh, clearly, at some point, Iowa was booing players that were actually injured. Like even if you think some Penn State players were doing it, some were clearly actually injured. See, my wife came down on the other side of it. She she thought there were some obvious situations where they were clearly faking injuries to slow down the team there was uh, one that looked maybe like it where a guy was like standing there and then he kind of sat down and there was one i was like that guy looks that's a little sketchy and there were a couple where they just sat at one play and then came back in so it's hard to say yeah so maybe but i'm like i would rather err on the side of not booing it's i know that's 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 my position is like do you ever want to be in the position where you're literally booing an injured player and these are college kids too like you're not booing NFL players, these, these are college players, and you do you ever want that on your conscience, say we're booing a kid that was injured? I wouldn't. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get it, but yeah, most Iowa seem to dig in their heels. Iowa fans seem to think it was actually happening. And You're going to take some heat from that from the Go Iowa Awesome fans now. Oh, well, if anybody's, even still, if, if anybody's even still listening to this, Eric, we might have lost all of our, uh, all of our li- listenership last week. Um, <laughs> um but I, that's I, that was just my I didn't see it. I mean, I, you, know, you get to boo, I guess. You paid a lot of money for those tickets, and if you thought that was happening, that's fine. I, I, I guess it's your quote unquote right. But I was like, I, I don't see them faking injuries. But the Kirk stuff really baffled me. I don't know if he got wind. There was one player, or one somebody, somebody on the coaching staff for Iowa used to coach at Vanderbilt. I think under Franklin when he was at Vanderbilt. So wild conspiracy theory. He got wind of of that happening at Vanderbilt or something, and then so that's why Kirk Vanderbilt because it was baffling to me that he kept it going. I was like shocked that yeah. he seemed to genuinely believe that that was happening, and that's where stuff just kept going. And then anybody that had any doubts was like, "No, nope, Kirk said it was happening," and then that's it. I'm totally convinced I'm right at this point. And I was like, I, I, I didn't see. It. Yeah, that one guy, that defensive tackle, went out early on in the game and never came back. It wasn't faking. I think he's out for the year. I think it yeah, was a yeah. season-ending injury. Yeah, he wasn't pretending to be injured the entire game to slow down momentum on one play. Well, that was, the, that was the other part of it, too, is like, who are you slowing down? You're slowing down Petrus in this high-powered Iowa offense? Like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just more like the good plays were so rare for Iowa's offense. So, like, I, I do remember one where it was like, you know, Goodson has like a 12-yard run or something, which, again, hardly happened. And I was like, all right, let's get rolling. Let's go get that next play, and let's try to get him suck. I mean, you want rhythm, I guess, but and that was it was annoying that there's a disruption in play. But yeah, I don't think there's there's nearly enough evidence that they're faking injuries that I would boo, and I thought it made any sense to boo, and I thought it was a bad look. That's my take. But whatever. I agree. I but 100% I'm, I'm agree. More, but like in a big fan base, you're gonna have idiots and yokels, and I couldn't tell how many people were doing it, but. Kirk is the part that baffles me. I'm, I'm not that shocked that some drunk... Yeah, Yaku he condoned it, essentially. No, it, that, that was what really took it to the next level. Because more than I would have been like, oh, yeah, there were some obnoxious idiots at Kinnick who were, who were booing and whatever, and that would have been that. I mean, it's like... I don't know the next time Iowa goes to Penn State, but 
the second Iowa has an injured player, they're going to get booed mercilessly. It'll it's going to happen. It's going to be just a relentless booing. And it won't even matter if the guy like comes out on a stretcher and gets taken away. I mean, it's going to be just relentless boo. I mean, it's like now this big thing. Bizarre. Uh, no, that, yeah, that, that was really confusing to me. Um, so do you have who, – who who what's your prediction? Uh, Gophers, Terrapins. I, I guess I got to go with Gophers. They're favored by five points. Uh, you know, I love it. I love it. I, I, it's tough to imagine it being a blowout. I don't think they're going to score forty points. I, I just don't know that this. I, I know you're you've you've now the maroon and uh, gold Kool Aid or whatever. You're you're, you're injecting I'm it. Dousing in it. Yep. You're you're snorting it. You're Bathing sticking it. it right in your bicep. Got it. You're you're full on into it. Uh, at forty points. We're elite. Shocking. We're elite now. Sky Yuma. Has the, have the Gophers scored 40 points yet all season? Has it happened once? Nope. nope. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah no, I don't buy Neither did Iowa until they put up 40 on Maryland. But that took like, 50. Seven, they put up 50. Took seven turnovers to make happen, but sure. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not saying it's mathematically impossible that the Gophers score 40, but I, I would I would happily bet you, Eric, that the Gophers score less than 40 points. I would gladly take uh, a Gopher oh, on a 40 yeah, correct. It would be a bad bet for you to take that. But um, this, that's my hot take. Go for score 40, 40 plus. Okay, well, that is a scalding hot take. Um, uh, you know, I, I and expect... And then beat Northwestern, beat Illinois, beat Iowa, beat Indiana, beat Wisconsin, win out, and we see the, the Gophers in the Big Ten title. Uh, no, I, well, maybe. I think it's going to be a lot of low-scoring games. But I knew, you know, I think that's... Where it's coming, but they, the Gophers have a legit offensive line for sure. They've got some absolute maulers. And to uh, get yeah. prepped for the game, PJ Fleck is going to show the film Beguiled. You familiar with this movie? No, what's Beguiled, Eric? So it's a uh, well. So there's there's it's a book, and it was originally uh, a Clint Eastwood movie back in the 70s, but it was remade. The one that I've seen is the Sofia Coppola one from like a few years ago, five years ago maybe. Okay. Uh, it's about I think it stars Colin Farrell. I think he's in it. Yeah, Colin Farrell and uh, Nicole Kidman. I think is in it. It's like a Civil War era movie where uh, this family takes in Colin Farrell and he ends up killing the turtle of a little girl and then she like wants revenge on him. What? Yeah, that's that's a real the movie. plot of a movie. Real movie, yeah. Like so, a little girl. So the like... Gophers are killing the turtle. Wait, no, I'm, 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 we gotta go back here. So he's like a union or like a confederacy. Uh, yeah, he's in the opposite side. I can't remember if they're a union or confederacy, but and, he's and like they, injured and they take him in. And they, they nurse him back to health, but then he's like, <laughs> yeah, because he's kind turtle. of a dink. Screw, and then screw he, this turtle. I hate it. This there's like some funny. drama between the family, and then he kills the little girl's turtle. And then just he like throws it against the wall or something, if I remember right. <laughs> Ah! Yeah, he just like chucks it against the Ooh, wall. Oh, your turtle! Dies. Yeah. And, and then he just runs off to go fight in the world. No, the then they, they, I think they poison him. I think that's how they killed him. I, they kill him in the end. So like I, I don't like that like, metaphor because I don't want anything to happen to my my gophers. But he's still nursing, being nursed back to health, and he while he's in their care, he throws the turtle and he stays. Yeah, something like he that. Hangs around. I can't, <laughs> the specifics are a little fuzzy. It's been a while since I've seen. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. 
Oh, it's so stupid. Here's a word of advice. Even if you're at, at some horrible people's houses who are taking care of you, don't murder their pets. Like, I, however much you dislike them. I That's so yeah, stupid. I'm anti-pet murder. I, I agree with that. Well, I, I, even if you don't care about the ethics, like, just as a personal strategy, like, you're in their care, you're not healthy, and they're just, hey, just cool it. You could not like their pets, but just don't murder them. Bad things could happen to you. I th- that's really that's unless hilarious. it's a turtle. I guess I'm okay with turtle murder in this case because the gophers are gonna murder the terrapins. Okay, well, I'm gonna go with Moana. That's what Moana. my Moana. It's really stretching the turtle crab metaphor. I'm kind of transitioning from turtle to you know what is it. Uh, the the big crab in Moana. Do you remember what its name oh, is? Oh yeah, the cephalopod or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tomatola or something like yep. that. Yeah. Yep. His name. Uh, All right. The, the no. Gophers gonna here. upend it. Screw crab cakes. Screw Maryland. The gophers are coming in with their special hooks and they're gonna ring them up to dry and deshell them. You know, screw your crabs. Crab cakes suck. Your crabs suck. Old Bay seasoning sucks. <laughs> Terrapins are going down. Uh, well, what if we get a sponsorship from Old Bay? You're going to have to retract that. I, I, I would want to know what their marketing strategy is. We're two dudes in the Midwest where seafood is not... A lot of crab boils. A lot of crab yeah, boils. Not, you got the corn. Crabs aren't huge. Fish, sure. Walleye, sure. But why are you having two dudes where promoting this in the Midwest? But... So I also got a so with your crab boil you got a beer to drink with this before you get before the gopher game I know your I your Hawkeyes don't play so, so I, I have a so well that's just the beer I'm drinking now Omagong three philosophers it's this incredible like quadruple stout chocolate it's just really 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 good okay. really really it's it's just perfect so that's that's the beer I'm drinking I'm gonna you know. Sucks that Iowa lost, but I, I was ready for a break. It was an intense first few weeks, so Iowa needs to regroup and try to figure out how they can muster up some offense. But I'm, I'm happy to have a little break. I actually get a kid-free weekend starting on Saturday, so I'm going to just relax and live it up. and Watch the Gophers win. Um, yeah, I will. I know you're a big fan of Oktoberfest beers. True. I had I had Indeed, their Oktoberfest. Um and that was really good. So I'm going to recommend that one. Uh, they also have like a yamma jamma, like a yam sort of. I, I do not like that beer. No, I've had I, I'm not before. a fan of that. I wouldn't recommend that for, for most people. But no, the I'm Oktoberfest, sure. I thought was very good. Where, where are you at with Indeed as, as far as Twin City Breweries, Eric? Where do, where do they fall? You know, I think they had some controversy earlier this oh. year with like the CEO or something. I was just reading about it a little bit. Like some internal stuff and some allegations, I think. Not to, not to talk about lawsuits or discrimination, but I think they had some like harassment stuff. So, so you that's support harassment? That's why you bought some Indeed no, beers? No. You're like, I'm it's pro like harassment. harassment. So I'm let me okay give money with, to this with, company. I'm, I'm pro-turtle murder. I'm uh, anti-harassment. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm anti-all of those things. Um uh, you know, I I like their beers a lot. I, I don't think to buy them very often, though. I don't know why that is. Whenever I get, like, a six-pack of Let It Rides, one of their flagship, I, I always like it. 
I like their winter beer too. And the Oktoberfest is really good. I just never think to buy it. I don't know why. Is Shenanigans the winter beer? No, Stir Crazy, I think, is what the winter okay. beer is called. Yeah. I think Shenanigans a- is like their uh, spring, like Got shandy it. beer. Got it. And then they have a Mexican honey ale, which I really, really like. Yeah, that that tastes like sort of like a light beer but yeah it's good yeah yeah it's a little sweet it's it's got a little bit of hoppiness yeah it's not not heavy it's not a beer i drink in winter but it's it's a time when it's hot out it, it hits the spot and i just didn't know i mean it's still inside is that still number one for you or surly that's a tough question i mean surly is if i would probably say surly is probably my favorite still but i've just uh, They've hurt me. <laughs> I feel betrayed by by that brewery. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they still have some of the best beers around. They just haven't put out anything new that's very good. Yeah, there's not. I mean, truth be told, at this point, there aren't too many. I love Todd the Axe, man. That's a beer that genuinely it's so good. So good. Is, is incredible, and I still get from time to time. But it's that's the only surly beer that I I miss and want to drink. I you know I don't care about Furious anymore. I used to. Have I crave a, like, Furious. That's one of those. Uh, it's like the Summit EPA and Furious is like if I ever left Minnesota and I came back like I need a Furious or I need a Summit EPA. Well, those are like you can the get beers. You get Furious in Iowa. Surly distributes. Yes. Iowa. And I I just I'm like yeah, it's not doing much. But Summit at least where I'm at doesn't distribute. Um so I, I get a little bit of the miss the Summit, uh but. I, it's just really it's like it's probably that's the only beer that i care about that they make anymore extra citra is pretty good but I, it, I end up going for other summer options you know when it's hot out yeah so, well, interesting. you're not a huge hop guy right if i remember correctly. i am not a hop head anymore no I, I don't do ipas not at all can't do it i don't want to be like i'm gonna assault your dog well, and that's what surly is for the most part it's like, no, I like it when you can balance different flavors and blend them together. That's that's my favorite thing. But we've got dar- Darkness release day coming up on Halloween. That's always fun, tracking those things down. They, they, I think you get it in Iowa, right? We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've got I've got – V. Is you got a high V by you? Well, yeah, I that's the get thing. get it at when I, Yeah, right. When I moved back to, to Iowa, uh, I was driving around with a buddy and was like, hey, where's the nearest liquor store? He's like, liquor store, what are you talking yeah, about? It's not a thing. Like, well, I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, look, there's a high V right there. There's a Walgreens. Uh, if you want Jägermeister, <laughs> you can get right. it there. <laughs> right. I'm still stuck in a Minnesota where you have to go get the separate liquor store. He's like, where can I buy beer around where, I, where I'm moving to? And he's like, dude, there's a high V. It's got great selection. And, and it does. Not not as much as some of the niche beer shops, but it's got quite a lot. So, okay. All right. So, what time do your Gophers play on Saturday, Eric? It's I think it's a later game. Their first, yeah, two thirty. So, um, their first later game this year. That's Which perfect. Works. Drop the kids off before nap time and come back and crack open a beer and sit and watch your Gophers deshell the Terrapins. But where do you get the levels aside from the posturing? Uh, where do you genuinely think the Gophers are gonna gonna land final record now with them um, four and two? I really think there's a possibility they win out. Oh wow! The the, I, the Iowa game, um, the Purdue game, really exposed to me. Like I, I was kind of on the fence about how bad you were the one kind of 
raising the red flag about how bad the offense was. I, f- I felt like I was kind of defending the Iowa offense pretty much this whole season, but that game was just brutal offensively. And I think all of the criticisms you had and your nervousness about it kind of came to fruition in that one game. And maybe they could turn the ship around. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, interesting. It's not you're all right. Uh, your Gophers are beating Wisconsin and Iowa. You're you're just writing it in. It's done. That's fascinating. Okay. I mean, Maryland, I mean, Northwestern, Illinois are their next three games. Sure. They, they, I think they really should win all three of those. Okay. Do you, do you agree? So yeah, they're favored against Maryland, and then I mean they'll be favored in all three of those. So yeah, yeah I mean, they I, should I be. They should be sure. I still, I still think Iowa will be favored over Minnesota in whatever when they play in four weeks. Um, yeah, they'll be favored, but Wisconsin in two weeks, right? Halloween weekend. That's they're going to Madison, right? At Camp Randall. Oh yeah, well, we're not talking about the Hawkeyes right now. We're talking about your no, no. Games. I'm just saying, like, we'll see where they two road games and then they play the Gophers. Um. They'll probably be favored, yeah. But if they lose one or two of those games, Gophers are, would be in first place in the West. Right. So, you, well, yes, well, you in this scenario, you you would need Iowa to have lost twice. You need them to lose both Wisconsin and, and Purdue, Northwestern. Actually, Purdue plays Wisconsin this weekend. So if Purdue loses to Wisconsin um, after this weekend, then Iowa and Minnesota are the only one-loss teams, right? In the Big Ten yeah, West. Yeah, the tiebreakers are just going to matter a lot. It just depends on how many lot, right? So if Iowa loses to Wisconsin and beats Northwestern, so Iowa's got two Big Ten losses, and your Gophers, you know, are five and one or whatever, they still need to beat Iowa. Really, um, if Iowa wins, then Iowa has the tiebreaker for Minnesota if they both yeah. have two Big Ten. Losses. There could be a, there could be a scenario where we're going like far down the line in tiebreakers, or it's like point differential and all those crazy different tiebreakers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, opponents. yeah, I mean, Wisconsin has two losses. Purdue has just the one, but Purdue has to play Ohio State, which is still a tough draw. Uh, an actual team with a actual offense. Um, so I mean, they're probably going to have two or three losses, and they don't get to play Iowa every week, unfortunately for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's two or three losses, it could be really a big grinder. And I don't know, the Badgers. The Big Ten East is just so powerful it's bonkers how good those teams are in the east that's true certain you're still riding off indiana i suppose at this point even though they've really only lost to good teams but they almost beat michigan state it's very close but all right we'll see all right i'm I'm glad you got your confidence the indiana well the, the last three games you know i talked about the next three the last three games for the gophers are those are pretty tough. At Iowa, at Indiana, and then Wisconsin at home. Those are three tough games. But yeah, I mean, I think that the Gophers are going to go into those games having a real shot at trying to get control of the Big Ten Se- West. You know, seven and two overall going into those the last three games. Yeah, those will be some huge games. The major implications for the Gophers. Yeah, they, they Maryland's the toughest of the next three games for for the Gophers for sure. Um. You know, Northwestern has a legit defense, but is the just power imbalance between the East and the West has it ever been this drastic that you can remember? 
I, I think it used to be even worse when they had the legends and leaders um, because Wisconsin was in the East and Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State were all in the East. So it was like super bad for a little while. Um, when they had the yeah, legends I guess leaders. this is the one year where uh, Wisconsin's really not very good. Um, normally they're at the top of the Big Ten West Conference. Yeah, but I'm, it's it's fascinating to hear just how how much your views on the season swing week to week from destitute Roll to the boat, baby. Roll the boat. extremely overconfident to I was great. They're the, they're fantastic to they're all, I mean, I think the Govers are favored over the Hawkeyes now. <laughs> no, no, you, you just the pendulum. We're not, we're not bandwagon here. We're boat wagon. I guess so. Boat wagon. I guess so. I mean, I, I, if the Gophers make the big 10 title game, I mean, is, are you, are you legitimately just, Lifetime contract, no matter how many MAC teams he loses to. Yep. Sign him up. Give him the Ferentz deal. So yeah, I mean, if that hire his kid and screw around for forty years or ever how how long he's been there. So yeah, so he gets the go first to the Big Ten title game. They lose. They win their bowl game. Are you just at this point? I mean, that is the most successful Gopher season since the '60s. So do you stop then? Sure. Do you, do you stop just caring about the Mac games? Like, oh, yeah, he's just – it's what he does. Oh, you know, stop. I mean, I was pretty upset that they lost. That I know you were. Ridiculous. That you should you, never lose a game like that. And and looking at the team now, it's even that more glaring that they lost that game. It's disgusting. Like I said, if if they're sitting right now, their only loss is, is to Ohio State, which they were leading at halftime. Um the number four team in the country, if they win out and that except that stupid bowling green loss, like that's that would be disheartening. Okay. Interesting. You but you take that, right? I mean, yeah, it's an embarrassing loss, but yes, they're going to tear. So if that's that's just the gophers lot is to have an embarrassing September loss every year, but when they surge through to the Big Ten title game, hey, you can ride out that shame. All yeah, right. you just hope they clean some of that stuff up. Where they don't have those, but is was Purdue a loss like that for for Iowa? Was it just one homecoming? It's it's actually kind of interesting. Both the Gopher loss to Bowling Green and the Iowa loss to Purdue were on homecoming. Maybe that's the issue. Well, yeah, I'm not predicting Iowa will go on a tear. Iowa probably has at least one other loss left in them, if not two. Um, it'd be really disappointing if they lost more than two. That would be feel catastrophic, but. I don't think there are any blowouts uh, on the schedule left for Iowa either. I don't think there's anything comfortable. Um, the closest is Illinois, just because they're they're pretty bad. But um, I don't know. Northwestern's I mean, not very good. Everything about the Purdue game was just – all the external factors led, contributed to it being terrible. Jeff Brom had two weeks to game plan for Iowa. Uh, who's the, Jeff Brom is the one coach who absolutely – knows how to work Iowa's defense um, just perfectly. I mean, nobody's demonstrated an ability to do that consistently. He had two weeks to, to game plan and use three freaking different quarterbacks successfully uh, against Iowa to keep them off balance. You know, and Iowa was coming off an emotional win, very flat. So it screams trap game. Purdue looked fresher. Um, all that Purdue stuff. Purdue looked like the better team. They, they looked way better. I know. It, well, Yardage-wise, it wasn't even close. Iowa had – I mean, they outgained Iowa by like 200 yards. Iowa had 86 yards of offense in the second half. I mean, the first half was like bad, but it, it was a game. 
just looked like Purdue was better, but it was competitive. And then the second half happened. It was just, just terrible. But I don't think I was going to get blown out anywhere out the rest of the year either. I mean, there, there's just a lot of bad offenses and a lot of great defenses left on the schedule. Uh, your Gophers, they run the ball really, really well. The only thing I would did well is stop the run in pretty much every game, and that's every year, all the time. They're really good at stopping the run. But if Ottman Bell's as good as you know people are saying, that then you know maybe the Gophers win. But I think that'll be a, a close, tedious, stressful game. I don't think I'll be shocked if any of these are blowouts here on out. It's just going to be low scoring, ugly, horrible games. We shall so, see. We shall see. All right. Well. Congrats to your Gophers. Glad. Uh, yeah, sorry, Iowa fans. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.